0: Excuse me. Take it nice and easy. Here's the thing. When I make a statement, I like to be correct. I want the facts. This event just happened. In fact, a lot of the event didn't even happen yet as we were speaking. This event just happened. Before I make a statement, I need the facts. So I don't want to rush into a statement. So making the statement when I made it was excellent.
1: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Reason to Doubt. I'm your boy Jordan, here with me as always is Jared. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about a person that's near and dear to all our hearts, our very own President Donald J. Trump. But before we get into that, uh, today's episode is brought to you by the Dunning-Kruger effect. Uh, So Jared, why don't you break down what the Dunning-Kruger effect is?
2: So Dunning-Kruger effect is basically um, like cognitive bias and people who overestimate their ability, I guess you'd say. Like you have a curve and basically there's a, a curve of knowledge, but like somebody will think that they're way more qualified to talk about a topic than they actually are. And then as a result, they stick their foot in their mouth a lot. That's the layman's version, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, if you graft people's confidence yeah. as a function of their knowledge, um, it looks like a U. So people have very lo- low confidence when they have no knowledge. When they have just a little knowledge, though, they have a ton of confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you can see when you get more knowledge, your confidence
2: plummets. Right. It's like. Uh, and then
1: slowly builds back if up. If you
2: imagine a, like the standard bell curve from, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, whenever you learned it, you just flip that upside down. But then on the outside, you have like these slants that go down. Right. So it,
1: from my own life, for example, um, I'm a nuclear engineer, I have a bachelor's degree in nuclear engineering. And I would say my confidence level and like my knowledge of nuclear engineering, I would put myself as like proficient, probably, maybe a little bit less than certainly not an expert. uh, Because I know enough to know just how much I don't know. Like <laughs> my professors and people who have been in this field for decades know so much more than I do. But someone who like saw Chernobyl and then like read an article might think, man, I've got this nuclear engineering thing <laughs> down, you know? Exactly, like... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is a, a a behavior you can see in a lot of people, but particularly with donald trump all the time now before we dive into this list um we're going to be going over the top 10 well really nine uh false claims made by the president uh it'll be nine one of them isn't a claim but it's just too good not to put in there so be nine and a bonus and um we,
2: we this is our subjective list um I'm sure you could come up with just as good a top 10 list 100 times over. Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: We'd love to, if you have another better list, we'd love to see yeah. it. And so before we dive into this, um, this isn't a specifically political podcast. This is a skeptical podcast. Um, so I think it's fair to say that if we had a different president, we'd be doing the same list about them. Uh, but we really feel strongly that skepticism is something you can apply to every facet of your life. And your political views is no exception. So, even if it's uh, someone you're generally inclined to believe with or or to believe or agree with, doesn't mean you should accept everything they say at face value. Uh, So, that out of the way, we can go ahead and dive into our list. We're going to start down at the bottom. We're going to start with our honorable mention. So, like I said, this one's not technically a claim, so uh, it's not. A claim but it's close on uh, back when the president was still doing his daily press briefings for uh, covid 19 he uh, did one on April 24th which was particularly bizarre um, if you watch it it, it kind of goes all over the place but uh, during that presentation a gentleman by the name of William Bryan did a like a PowerPoint on some of the findings that a lab had made on covid 19 where they found that uh viruses the the virus in samples of saliva and respiratory fluid when treated with bleach and isopropyl alcohol the virus died those disinfectants were effective in killing the virus in those samples um and the picture on the on the slide shows like a spray bottle so uh this was emerging research and anytime you're talking about emerging research you should take it with some salt but you know the situation's evolving rapidly so they they talked about it which is fine uh but then Trump started talking. <laughs> uh, he starts by talking about uh, ultraviolet treatments on the body, maybe inside the body. There are ultraviolet uh, treatments in s- that, that are like hypothetical that could be in the body. It's unclear what he's talking about, but that's not the important thing. Uh, so after that, he, he then says, and keep in mind the disinfectants that were, were in the presentation he's referencing, uh, those were specifically bleach and isopropyl alcohol. He says,
0: where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that so that you're gonna have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me.
1: So it's not a claim but he's asking the question or suggesting he turns to the medical doctor who's on the side of the, the, the thing. Hey, you know, what would be cool. What if we could Im- inject bleach into your lungs? <laughs> that would fix it. Right. It's like, Oh man. And now to be fair, it would cure COVID-19 for sure. Because you'd be dead. You'll die. <laughs> if you do this, <laughs>
2: 100% effective. <laughs>
1: It's like it, it, its like you just explained to your toddler how like bleach cleans stuff, yeah. and they're like, "Oh well, the the virus is in the lungs. Let's put the bleach in there." Yeah. <laughs> uh, it it is funny because Clorox uh, released a, a press statement telling people under no circumstances to drink or inject bleach. <laughs> yeah, uh, you have to wonder like what the person at Clorox was thinking as he was writing this What's statement good. and.
2: It's crazy. You know, like I, I expect something like that to come out of like, you know, a 12 year old or the onion I don't or, know. The, yeah, or the onion. But like to have the actual right. president of the United States state it. And then the fact that. And, and the problem is
1: it, it's during a, a press conference where he's supposed to be they're supposed to be distributing information. Right. And
2: he's speaking how to treat in an official capacity. Kind
1: of, and, yeah. Right. Um, so that's that's the problem with shooting off, off your cuff. Now, normally we're we're pretty sticklers for. Citations, but I hope I don't have to cite any research on why injecting bleach into your lungs is bad. Uh, but <laughs> if uh, if you if you doubt my claim, please hit me up on Facebook, and I'd be happy to
0: do the legwork.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or you know, Google yeah. it. That would uh, do it too. I actually did Google it, and there is a paper on yeah. it. So wow. Uh, yeah, 1992. Apparently, drug addicts were cleaning their needles with bleach and then not rinsing them properly. Mm. So. Yeah, there you go. If you want to know what would happen if you follow the president's medical advice, you
2: can uh, you can do that. So
1: anyway, that was uh, number 10 asterisk. Uh, so now into the actual claims. All right. uh,
2: so sticking in line with, with COVID-19, um, this claim happened fairly early on this year. Uh, and it was Donald Trump in a, a press briefing when he was getting a bunch of flack, but he said
0: different. I've always known this is a this is a real, this is a pandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. All you had to do is look at other countries. I think now it's in almost 120 countries all over the world. Uh, no, I've always viewed it as very serious. There was no difference yesterday from days before. I feel the tone is similar, but uh, some people said it wasn't.
2: Listen, I know pandemics. Trust me, I, I know <laughs> all the pandemics and this this one is definitely one. <laughs> But Huge. Th- this claim is completely false because – and one thing we're talking about too is like looking up uh, – the refuting these claims or just doing the research to try to figure out if these claims are false or whatever is pretty easy because Trump himself is the source for de- refuting this claim. But back in January 20th, uh, he reported that China – well, after China had their first reported case of the the new virus, the World Health Organization reported a bunch of cases in other countries. And then Trump comes out on January 22nd. He says, in an interview with CNBC, he says, are there worries about pandemic at this point? CNBC was asking Trump that. And Trump says, no, not at all. We have it totally under control. It's one person coming from China and we have it under control. It's going to be just fine. So... <laughs> that that's a very stark contradiction to him saying that he knew it was a pandemic the whole time. Um, and, and that's not an isolated, no, that's not. Uh, yeah. That's not. Yeah. He, he, he said um, multiple times, multiple tweets talking about it. So,
1: uh, it'll be one, one person and then it'll be zero people and everything. Yeah, will be Fine. Yeah. Um, he said repeatedly that, uh, everything was fine. They had it under control. They had it, uh, what, and not just Trump, other people in his administration were also Yeah, saying even things
2: Fauci like um, early on. So
1: so that's definitely false. Rather than simply admitting that they were incorrect, which, I mean, would suck, but it's a brand new virus. I, it'd be understandable to get some things wrong.
2: Yeah, you, you could simply just come out and say, hey, initially it looked like China was doing a good job of containing it. We thought we had it under control. Looks like we didn't take enough steps and now we know what we need to do moving forward. Like yeah,
1: right. all you gotta do. Yeah. I take ownership. Uh, or just flatly reject
2: history. Or or that, just
1: that lie like he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's the number nine false claim.
2: Oh, number wait. eight. Oh, we, oh go ahead. Before we yeah, before yeah. we move on, along with the the claims that they had it under control and that, or that it would they he knew it was a pandemic. Trump also stated that they inherited a broken test for COVID 19. This one's particularly funny for me because you can't have a test for something that doesn't exist. And he was saying that they got this bad test from the Obama administration and it doesn't work for COVID 19. Well, no shit, Sherlock. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. there was no
1: test for for a virus that didn't exist. They don't actually make tests for viruses that don't exist yet.
2: Uh, Um, It's just so funny, man. It's like... uh, The buck stops
1: over there somewhere. Okay, so number eight, um, somewhat related to COVID-19. Trump claimed... So amidst all this uh, COVID-19 stuff again, back in April, uh, the president had issued guidelines to um, shut things down or for social distancing. um, And those guidelines were set to end on the 30th of April. In addition to the guidelines the federal government had issued, state governors had issued their own orders. Um, Virginia, we had like a shelter in place order, and that was common elsewhere in the country. And those governors didn't want to lift their own orders. They didn't feel that it was safe to do that. So in that context, uh, Trump claimed that it was he who had the authority to do it, not the governor's. On four thirteen, he tweeted, For the purpose of creating conflict and confusion, some in the fake news media are saying that it is governor's decision to open up the states, not that of the president of the United States and the federal government. Let it be fully understood that this is incorrect. It is the decision of the president, and for many good reasons. The next day, he said the federal government has absolute power. When, in reference to opening the country. Absolute power. It has the power. As to whether or not I'll use it, we'll see. Um, now, this may come as a surprise to some people, but the federal government does not, in fact, have absolute power to do anything. Um, when And so when there's a, a conflict between the federal government and the states, it's usually adjudicated in the courts, and this one never went to court. So uh, technically, you might say, you know, we don't know, but it's pretty clear from precedent and constitutional law what would have happened had Trump tried to force the issue. Uh, You don't have to go to any kind of esoteric source. Uh, The the, the 10th amendment in the bill of rights specifically states that any power not reserved, not granted to the federal government is reserved to the States or the people. Um, So this, if you don't, you didn't pay a, much attention in civics class you may not realize this but the federal government is not it's not like we have a federal government and then subsidiary state governments that are like subject to the federal government we have a federal government and then we have independent state governments that do their own thing yeah and sometimes the federal government has the authority to supersede them but only in specific yeah and
2: only if it benefits the majority of right
1: Right. so uh no that he can apply pressure he can rail and yell at them and tell them they're terrible and say bad things. If he wants, he could do all of those things. Uh, but he cannot tell a governor to do anything. Um, the governor's under no obligation to listen to anything else.
2: Yeah. Which, is, and this one's interesting to me because this is, uh, and I'm not taking a political side here and I don't want to make this political, but just the state.
1: Uh, I mean, it's going to be political. We're talking about the president. Yeah.
2: All right. So make a statement real quick. <laughs> He's a Republican president talking about, like, unfettered power of the president and the federal government. Like, that seems like an oxymoron. It's like.
1: Yeah. I mean, only only four years ago, we had people literally marching in the streets. I was there about, you know, limiting the federal government because Obama said the federal government had too much power. And, like, you know, we can't have the federal government taking the state's power. And then we have our Republican president literally saying the federal government has absolute and unrestricted power. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. <it. laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, sounds good to me.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't see nothing wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah. Uh, what, what's, what's the letter in front of his name? R? Oh, checks <laughs>
2: out. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
1: So, hmm. again, not hard to refute just flatly wrong. So moving away from COVID-19 back into the misty, heady days of two years ago. Yeah. Um,
2: So number seven, number seven, we're going to talk a little bit about um, family separation. I don't know if everybody remembers when um, all of these illegal immigrants were crossing the borders down in Texas and Arizona and uh, Trump was getting some pressure for separating families uh, from their children, so separating the the adults, the parents, from their children. And Trump's excuse or explanation was like, "We're just using the exact same policy as the Obama administration." Mm-hmm. And so, like that, that's what he was saying. So, yeah, so you guys are hypocrites because Obama yeah, did the same thing. You're just, you're just saying this because it's me, and you're trying to. Get a rise in fake news, blah blah blah. But that is not the case at all. Um, while there were separate, so there's a little bit of research into this. While there was a policy that would separate children from uh, from their parents during the Obama administration, um, it was rarely enforced. And most times the, the children were brought back together very soon afterwards but what makes oh Trump's is different is that he introduced a zero tolerance policy um, meaning that anybody that came through would be automatically get separated um, and if you just look at the numbers of, of separations you can see that that it was not being enforced the right way or not not the same
1: yeah it basically, Whereas the Obama administration was using some leeway to, as to whether or not to charge people with a crime, um, the Trump administration said, nope, every single person is going to be charged with a crime and treated like a criminal. That means they're going to be arrested and thrown in jail, yeah. which means they can't have their kids in jail. So while it may technically be true that the published summit, the, the, the framework of the policy was the same the way the policy was enacted the policy about the policy if you will right. was very different yeah
2: and that and that's the key is that he's this is an example of him deflecting and trying to pass the buck or pass the blame onto something else when really the buck stops with him with his zero tolerance policy to, to charge everybody that came across the border
1: yeah and just as an aside Uh, We don't know where all those kids are, but we've placed a few. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I I meant to look up to see how many kids were actually still um, like separated from their families. But but the other difference too between Trump and Obama is like they didn't have to build facilities to hold all the kids they were separating from their parents during the Obama administration. Um, Yeah. So. It's. And, and th- so this
1: kind of touches on something that's, that, that's confused me per- just perpetually. Um, when you say, hey, maybe we shouldn't, uh, you know, hold kids in concentration camps at the border. Uh, they'll say, well, Obama did it. But Obama, like, hold on now. I remember what you guys are saying about Obama. And he was like the Antichrist. He was like the worst president <laughs> ever. He was just horrible and terrible. So your defense is that... At best, your guy is as bad as the worst president in history. Is that your defense? Like, I don't, I don't understand.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 pretty true. That's like blinders. Like, uh, yeah. Well, uh, so <laughs> so
1: staying on the uh, border though, uh, or oh, no, we're going to some. Uh, sorry, that's later. Uh, don't worry, we'll be back. We'll come back to, back to the, the border. End. We'll come back to the border. <laughs> uh, but number six. Um, We're going to talk about Nazis. That's right. Uh, So this one's actually near and dear to Jared and I. Uh, Two summers ago, there were riots in Charlottesville uh, sparked by um, a rally from the organization Unite the Right, um, which is a very far right-leaning organization. Um, And they were protesting, uh, tearing down a statue of Robert E. Lee in the shit city of uh, Charlottesville and uh the protest was attended by a lot of out and out nazis like wearing a swastika Mm -hmm. nazis um and to counter protest there were several left-leaning organizations one of which is the now infamous antifa and they clashed in the streets um and all kinds of bad stuff happened so in that context or shortly thereafter actually um Trump had this to say about the events. He said this on August
0: 15th. There were people in that rally, and I looked the night before, if you look, they were people protesting very quietly the taking down of the statue of Robert E. Lee. I'm sure in that group there were some bad ones. The following day it looked like they had some rough, bad people, neo-Nazis, white nationalists, whatever you want to call them. But you had a lot of people in that group that were there to innocently protest and very legally protest because, you know, I don't know if you know, they had a permit. The other group didn't have a permit. So I only tell you this. There are two sides to a story. I thought what took place was a horrible moment for our country, a horrible moment. But there are two sides to the Has country. Does anybody-
1: So uh, <laughs> so there are there. First of all, just just as a as a. First impression, saying that there are two sides to every story when one of the sides contains literal Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> not not the best look. Yeah. Uh, uh, but regardless, the claim about the permit is false. Um, so the counter-protesters did, in fact, have a permit. It was issued to one Walt Heineke, uh, an associate professor of educational research at UVA. Um, they had a permit that allowed them to protest um, so the protests were on eight twelve on Saturday uh, from 9 to 1900, and they had a specific area they were supposed to protest. The idea, that the plan was at least to keep the two groups separate so they could both have their protests and they would be physically separated. That didn't end up uh, working out. So uh, I, I don't know why Trump is trying to, in this statement, is trying to defend, even indirectly, the actions of neo-Nazis. Um It actually he eventually did come out and condemn them, but it took a while. And I don't know why it would take a while to say, hey, Nazis are bad. Um, But there's even more to this, though. Like so the specific claim is false. Sure. Uh, But Jared and I were in Charlottesville at the time. So at the time, we were both in the military and the unit we were in is based in Charlottesville. And we had just finished our two week summer training. And they kept us on afterwards because this was coming up. This this was a uh, danger. So we were obviously watching things very closely because we came close to having to march into Charlottesville.
2: And lay down martial law.
1: <laughs> lay down, yeah, yeah. And, and deal with riots. Yeah. I was issued a rifle with ammunition, told, hey, uh, <laughs> you might have to shoot an American citizen today. <laughs> so that was great. But um, anyway, so we were watching this very closely. Uh, the... The night before, that they weren't protesting very quietly. So not at all. That's not. That's so. That's what Trump says. Oh, they were protesting very quietly. No, they not unless by quietly you mean literally marching down the street with torches, yelling and chanting. And I remember the chanting very clearly because they were they were actually pretty good. They're catchy, yeah. right? Like they had they had rehearsed. These were not like random chants. This was this was choreographed. One of them was uh, "End Immigration." One people. One nation. Like. It's an awful message, but it's pretty catchy, right? I still remember it two years <laughs> later, you know?
2: I forgot that one. Huh?
1: Yeah, but they were like marching
2: down the streets with torches. Yeah. That's not peaceful. <laughs> That's not quiet. The one I remembered was we will not be replaced. It was like.
1: Yeah, we'll not be replaced. There's some stuff about Jews, of yeah. course, because, you know, Nazis. And and the the, the protests were never peaceful, not, not from at any point. The night before they weren't peaceful, the next morning we were watching again because we were wondering if we were going to have to go out there and and go and the protest started and literally within minutes because we're watching it live within minutes one of the neo-nazis picked up a newspaper stand and threw it into the crowd at somebody like immediately there was no build-up it was just like the two sides are there and immediately they attacked each other
2: yeah and i mean i remember watching watching these people they're, they're marching down with their signs and stuff. And they're instead of having like a piece of wood to hold up their sign or a broomstick, they have it's like baseball a baseball bats and aluminum pipes and like stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah. lead pipes. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't so peaceful at all. No, 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 not at all. Fortunately, we didn't have to get caught
1: out there. The MPs did. And if had the MPs needed more help, we were the next ones yeah. out. But when the police challenged the crowds, the crowds dispersed, So it didn't end up escalating. Uh, Interesting how it's totally cool when Nazis protest but you know other people protest and they get maced and beaten in the streets and whatnot but that you know that is so crazy weird weird how that works but yeah so uh two lies on this one and bonus supporting Nazis so <laughs>
2: yay <laughs> <laughs> Oh man
1: you know it worked out so great in World War 2 World War 2 was just like the best war ever let's do it again let's yeah. just rewind it yeah
2: Anyway, nah. uh, well, number five, number five. So we're kind of at the halfway point here. Um, kind of speaking of, of the media pressuring Trump, um, you know, that's why he eventually came out and denounced the Nazis was the media kind of backlash. And, and Trump has had a
1: contentious relationship with the lamestream media since the beginning. Yeah.
2: So just recently, um, he he had made a a post on the infamous, or famous, I guess you should say, Twitter. Everybody knows about this Twitter, and um, Twitter tagged his tweet with a uh, a false claim. Like, Get the facts button. There were you, if you click, it would link and take you to the news articles that were related to like actually rebut what he was saying. What what was he tweeting about? The tweet was had to do with the twenty twenty presidential election. They are it was had to do with the um, the mail in ballots, mail in voting. Yeah, that's what it was. And so um, lead to, he was saying that they lead to massive corruption and fraud and, and all that stuff, um, which is hilarious because during like. In, in the immediacy before
1: that, they, in one of the press conferences, some one of the reporters like, hey, you said this about mail-in ballots and how they're super corrupt. Yeah, they're terribly corrupt. Didn't you vote by mail? Yeah, I voted by mail.
2: <laughs> super, super corrupt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Twitter slashes this button on there and then Trump fires back with, Twitter is completely stifling free speech and I, as president, will not allow it to happen. Um... Well, first of and, and he signed an executive order and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But first of all, free speech, uh, you know, is part of the First Amendment. That's what it talks about. But it only applies to government interference. Twitter is a private company, so their platform. If they don't like what you have to say, boom, is like it has nothing to do with your free speech. Um, which is which. That alone, like, just shuts that argument down. But. I found uh, just a couple of days ago, I found this guy. Um, he created a Twitter account called at suspend the prez and he did a test. And so what he did was he copied mm. verbatim Trump's uh, tweets every day and posted them. And he was banned within um, 12 hours uh, <laughs> after posting all this stuff. Like, that's crazy. Like, so just, just to show you like Twitter flagged him for glorifying violence hmm. um, and they suspended his account and he had to remove the post and uh, he had a 12 hour in suspension and all this stuff. But it's interesting that in this scenario, just somebody who's a nobody got suspended and yet Trump was able to post all this stuff. So if anything, they're giving him special privilege um, and permission. They
1: definitely are. Yeah. There's no question.
2: So the fact that there's no stifling or free speech at all. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, and, uh, so you may be aware Trump signed an executive order wanting to investigate their, uh, some regulations that shield, um, platforms from liability due to what their users post, mm-hmm. clearly attempting to intimidate platforms into capitulating to whatever he wants it's hilarious because he posted something like the next day and they slapped not just like a warning like a whole gate like you had to click (laughs) on a button (laughs) but yeah uh like you said the first amendment protects the you from the government it doesn't do anything else right so twitter could decide you know what we don't want any more republicans on our platform and kick every single one of them out and they'd be totally within their rights to do it barring any contract that they've signed with anybody right. you know
2: yeah with well, the beautiful thing about But
1: ironically uh it what the first amendment does do is prevent Trump from kicking people off of his Twitter which is amazing yeah he, he somebody sued and actually won because, because he's president had, had, so, yeah Trump had blocked him and was blocking people he didn't uh, agree with yeah. and um he, he was sued because Trump is using, even though it is his account from previous, it was his personal account. He's using it as a platform as president, yep. which makes it official. For the duration popularity. of the time yeah. an official account. It's a government forum, and the government can't discriminate against people based on their viewpoint in a public forum. So Twitter can do whatever they want to, to Trump's tweets, but Trump is not allowed to do anything back until he gets out of office and he can do whatever.
2: Yeah, could you uh, ma- do you imagine? All right, so you're Trump. You lose the election, or or you win the election. And you have eight, four more years, whatever. Or or you just become full time president, whatever. So after you're done with your your terms, one, two, three, four, it doesn't matter. You have to now go and block millions of users, like a hundred million people. <laughs> oh man, I think I just create a while. new account at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So on to number four. Back to the border.
1: Uh, So this time we're going down to uh, El Paso. So uh, you may have heard there's a little tiny thing. It was barely noticed, but Trump mentioned a wall occasionally uh, once or twice on the campaign trail. Mm, Not ringing a bell. Yeah. If you go check the tape, it's there. Um, But he's going to build the wall. He's going to build that wall. And the reason we needed this wall is because all the immigrants are coming and taking our jobs. But, uh, worse than that, they were doing bad things, crime and whatnot. And in order to underline this point, um, he said during his state of the union address, not like this wasn't a tweet. This was like an official address to Congress in, uh, 2019. He said,
0: the border city of El Paso, Texas used to have, extremely high rates of violent crime, one of the highest in the entire country, and considered one of our nation's most dangerous cities. Now, immediately upon its building, with a powerful barrier in place, El Paso is one of the safest cities in our country. Simply put, walls work and walls save lives.
1: Um, He's repeated the El Paso claim before, um, but that was the most obvious one because it was during his official speech.
2: Well, that sounds, um, makes sense to me. Like you put up a wall, you keep the bad people out, right?
1: And the other side, in case people don't know, um, El Paso's, I don't know if it's completely unique but it's certainly unusual it in that it's it's a city that's is on both sides of right. the border. El Paso is on the American side and then Juárez is on the Mexican side. And Juárez is a bad place. You know, uh, gangs, drugs, murders, like it's not a safe place thing. So, uh, so that's his claim. You put up the fence, crime went down. Um so unfortunately for Donald Trump, but you know, fortunately for El Paso, uh, it's actually not only is did the 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 fence not make it safe, it's always been one of the safer uh cities in America. Um you can look at uh PolitiFact did a good um uh graph on this. They pulled data from the FBI's violent crime statistics, um, and they c- put together murder. Uh, manslaughter, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault for similarly sized cities to El Paso. And from 1985 to present day, El Paso, they follow the same like general shape, but El Paso is every single year significantly lower than average. Much less crime. Just pulling out some random dates. 1992, um, the rates per 100,000 population, uh, 1,551 for the average city. In the same year, 1,087. Uh, going back more currently, 2013 was 856 in the average city, 371 in El Paso.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> And this is all Less p- than half. pre-wall.
1: Yeah. Well, so some of that's pre-wall, some of that's post-wall. Uh, it's actually hard to tell when he's talking about the wall going up because it wasn't like built in one monolithic thing. Part- sections of it were finished in 2010. Sections of it were finished before, some after. Um, but the, Regardless, there's no, there doesn't appear to be any effect from the wall. Um, Sometimes after it was, after a section was completed, crime went up. Sometimes it went down. It was always a little bit, probably just statistical variation. It didn't appear to have any significant effect. Um, So the claim that El Paso has been a bad place, that's a lie. Um, And that the border wall made it better. That's also a lie.
2: Uh, So where did all the bad hombres go? (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh actually bad hombres uh the immigrants legal or not um if they have any effect on crime it's actually to reduce crime um you can find several papers on this one a uh, meta study called uh, immigration and crime assessing a contentious issue in the annual review of criminology in 2018 uh i think his name is pronounced Alsi Alsi and kubrin they did a meta study on data from 1994 to 2014 and they found that there was no it, uh, it, there was a very weak effect like not statistically significant so probably no effect uh for immigration legal and otherwise and crime but to the extent that there was an effect it was actually negative hmm. which means more immigrants of either type means less crime interesting um i've seen other papers and i don't know them i can't remember off the top of my head but they've either said the same or even stronger so if there is an effect uh you'd want more immigrants if if reducing crime is your goal um so yeah el paso great place to live bonus claim though since we're on the subject of the wall uh he said in january of last year uh after it was obvious that we were paying for the wall, not Mexico. And that you remember during the campaign, it was like, I'm going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it, you know? (laughs) And the Mexican presidents were like, "Uh, no, we're not. (laughs) But in January, he's like, look, when I said Mexico is going to pay for the wall, I mean, that's what I said, but Mexico is going to pay. I didn't say they were going to write me a check for 20 billion or $10 billion, you know? He meant to like metaphorically pay for it, like through tariffs and stuff, man, like get a clue, read between the lines. They're going to pay for it by having a big
2: shadow across their border.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They're going to pay for it in other ways. Uh, So here's the lines he wanted you to read between in April 2016. It's an easy decision for Mexico. Make a one-time payment of five to ten billion dollars to ensure that 24 billion continues to flow into their country year after year. Sure, sounds, sounds like a check to me. Uh, <laughs> but maybe it was a metaphorical one-time payment. Uh, and you can find that um, that memo on actually Donald J. Trump's website. So hmm. yeah, Trump be Trump. Okay, well, num-
2: driving away from the border and back into pandemic land. Well, here in pandemic land, um, number, three. number three. So this was from May 11th, uh, 2020. But Trump says that the deaths per 100,000 people, uh, which is frankly to me, that's perhaps the most important number there is. He was saying that Germany and the United States are the two best in deaths per 100,000 people. Uh, so he's claiming that we're the best two countries. We have the lowest death rates per 100,000. And just so people know, um, you had already mentioned this per 100,000. It's a, it's a number that's used in statistics to give, to kind of account for population, uh, variations and stuff. Um, right. So like, for instance, if you looked at the number of murders in say
1: New York and compared it to some small town, New York's, has way more people. So they're going to have more murders, but that doesn't tell you anything about how dangerous it is or how likely you are to be murdered. So they'll s- divide the number of murders by the number of by, thousands yeah. of citizens. And that gives you a idea for context. Like, right. Like, so like per, per capita. Yeah.
2: Basically. So that, that's the, that's the per 100,000 that he's using here. Um, but that, that actually the whole thing is false. It's not true. well, Germany and U.S. have been doing okay. Uh, when you compare it to other countries like Canada, South Korea, Iran, Russia, these other countries are doing far better than the U.S. and Germany. Um, and in the desk per in the desperate per one hundred k, yeah. So, and it only takes a little bit of research to to find that out because you go to the WHO, World Health Organization, and they have all these numbers listed there, and it, it's yeah. very easy to find.
1: And it's not like we're being nitpicky, like, okay, America was like number two and behind by point one, but you know, like, oh, okay. tech. No, like we were like middle of the pack. Yeah. It's, you know, not, not terrible, but not amazing, you know?
2: Yeah. And this is, this, it also may sound kind of weird. Like this is our number three claim here, but this is a pretty egregious claim that he's making Um Given, and, and this is also current in what's going on recently, and he's trying to make it sound like we have so much better control over the virus here in America than we actually do. And it, it's... Yeah,
1: and, and this isn't some random, like, campaign blurb. No. This is, this is uh, an argument, He is part of the argument he's making to lift restrictions, uh, to dismiss the virus as dangerous, to have people go out and get back to work and everything. So this isn't a harmless kind of cute lie, you know, that, oh, okay, he didn't fact check, but it's not a big deal. This is actually, these kind of lies have actual policy effects. Right.
2: And and, in the policy, influencing voters who are influencing their congressmen and their senators to back Trump, Mm -hmm. you know, moving forward, there's all kinds of implications here. But it's also, it's upsetting that he's using the official capacity of the office to disseminate misinformation and just blatantly obviously wrong information like it's it's bad um, yeah
1: it's it's i mean it's a running joke that politicians lie but usually when that joke is made it's more like oh look he's being dishonest or he's kind of speaking a half truth they usually don't mean he is just straight up saying a falsehood a falsehood that could be easily checked by anyone anyone with an internet yeah. connection i guess
2: yeah cool or um so <laughs> yeah. or access to a public library that you can't go to right now because it's locked down but <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh so uh number 2 is another health thing uh perhaps not as serious as the covid-19 thing but it it's just well number 2 uh windmills don quixote president <laughs> uh, <laughs> During a speech <laughs> of the National uh, Republican Congressional Committee on 4-2 uh, of 2019, so April 2nd last year, uh, he was slamming wind energy. Um, he said,
0: Hillary wanted to put up wind, wind. If you if you have a windmill anywhere near your house, congratulations. Your house just went down 75 percent in value. And they say the noise causes cancer. You tell me that one, okay? You know, the thing makes it so... (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
1: Sorry. So um, he was kind of being lighthearted. Maybe this was intended to be a joke. I don't know. It's kind of an off-the-cuff thing. Um, this one actually could plausibly be a joke. Unlike when Trump's like, oh, I was just joking when he clearly was not, for example, the bleach thing. He was like, oh, I was just being sarcastic. You know, no, let me, like, let me uh, tell you how yeah. sarcasm works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, needless to say, there's no link between windmill noise and cancer or actually any health, uh, effect at all. Um, it's, it's actually been studied because it's, um, because renewable energy is becoming more popular. Uh, there's a summary. So, so this professor in, um, at Sydney University Medical School has a list of 25 reviews. The literature on um, wind farms and health um, includes Understanding the Evidence, 2015 Council of Canadian Academies, uh, McCunney, Muntz et al., uh, wind turbines and health: a Critical review of scientific literature. There's a bunch. We'll post it on Facebook. You or you could just Google summary of main conclusions reached in 25 reviews of the research literature on wind farms and health. Bottom line: There's no link between wind farms and any physiological effects in humans. So wind farms not dangerous. Now whether or not they're the best. Form of renewable energy, that's a topic for another one. It's definitely nuclear energy, but uh, <laughs> that's a totally different thing. Uh, as, a, as another bonus, though, the other claim, the whole like your property value goes down by 75% is also false. Um, according to Ben Hohen and Carol Atkinson Palombo, who published in the Journal of Real Estate Research, which is a real journal on the master's journals list, I was surprised to find out. Uh, they published in 2016, and they analyzed the effect of windmills, and they found that there was no statistically significant effect of windmills on home values, but that if there was one, like maybe if they just missed it or whatever, um, they would expect it to be less than 10%, since that's the effect from other undesirable things like landfills and power lines. So if there is effect on property value, it's small, definitely not 75%. Hmm. Um so that one's a little more lighthearted. Maybe he was just telling a really bad joke. I, okay, cool. I'd like to think that he was being serious. I, I mean, given everything else he said, I would not be surprised if he fully believes that. I mean, he believes that your life energy is a battery and that's why he doesn't believe in exercise. Um look it up. I swear it's true. <laughs> 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 uh but anyway. The moment we've all been waiting for the number one lie of four years of Trump
2: lies uh, is it's spaghetti (laughs) as in spaghetti plots as in Jordan. Do you remember back in August late August early September when uh, Hurricane Dorian was uh, rampaging Alabama and Trump had claimed that almost all models predicted Dorian would hit Alabama. Do you remember this? I do remember that. Yeah, I remember it too because it was pretty funny. Uh, it, the models did not predict the that. The models did not. For, for the, let's, let's clear this up real quick. Uh, later on, he said that uh, there was um, – he went so far as to say there was a 95% chance that Alabama would be in the hurricane's path. And so, like, if you actually look at the spaghetti plots, which was all the predictions, and they they call that because it looks like somebody just threw spaghetti on a piece of paper. Yeah.
1: The the way they do these predictions, because weather is very chaotic. Yeah. They'll run the the model tons of times with you know slightly varied. Yeah. Um, if it goes
2: up a degree um, here, if you have barrier pressure, yeah, all slightly, this stuff. Yeah. They they vary yeah.
1: the variables slightly and then run it a bunch of times and then see what happens and. That gives you an idea based on how often it does one thing versus another. What's
2: the likely outcome? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he was saying that 95% of them – and I don't – I didn't do the math to figure out the actual percentage. But it's only like a couple of these these hundreds of models, like only like a handful actually make it over into Alabama. So that's clearly wrong. But it doesn't stop there because Trump (laughs) – Had a little press conference
1: where he – Because people are calling him out on like, no, it's not going to hit Dorian. It's probably fine. And he's like, no, it definitely is. And they're like, no, it's not. So he has a press conference. Because
2: he has – yeah, he's the other one. So he has a press conference and he holds up a map. He's like, see, look, right here, (laughs) the path of the hurricane –
1: you have to google like on a podcast it it doesn't do it justice you have to to google this image
2: if if you don't remember this he literally took a sharpie marker and (laughs) (laughs) drew like an extra little side path for the hurricane if
1: if you're listening to this at home i want you to pause the video go pull up a a picture so it it has like the path of the hurricane you know and it's like a teardrop you know it goes and it teardrops like well before alabama and then somebody (laughs) i.e trump and it's not even like a neat extension it's like a wobbly like (laughs) kindergarten or extension like literally just drew a sharpie extension over alabama oh man like see it says on the map (laughs) that's that's like a kevin in the office level of like look the map says where it's gonna go so i put it on the map
2: (laughs) oh man that's so funny and what's funny about it too is it's almost sad because he's so. I don't even know if he believes. Like, I bet he actually believed that that map that he drew was an actual prediction, like the actual prediction. Like, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, like, oh, they must have made a mistake. Let me correct this. Yeah,
2: and then that is official at that point. Like, but he he lies so many, and that's what this whole theme of this him is. This whole podcast is just him lying. And so we're kind of debunking some of those. But like even when he has nothing at all to give. Nothing at all. And then he gets caught in a lie and he makes another lie.
1: Yeah. It's it's just doubling down. Like that there's no benefit from it hitting that section of Alabama or not. Yeah. Either way. It like there's no benefit whatsoever. So ask skeptics. Even if you're inclined to agree with someone, we should hold them and ourselves to a high standard of integrity. (laughs) You know, when someone makes a claim like windmills cause cancer or El Paso is a dangerous place or the uh, Antifa protesters against the Nazis weren't legally allowed to be there or whatever, instead of just, Jumping to Facebook and saying, "You hear this, libtards? You know, stop (laughs) listening to the lamestream media, sheeple. You know, uh, just do just the tiniest bit of research. And if it turns out that your guy is wrong, then he's wrong. Yeah. You know, don't
2: don't try to explain it away or justify it. I can't tell
1: you uh, the um the, the bleach one, the disinfectant one." Uh, I posted on that, of course, because I thought it was hilarious, because it is. And some of his diehard supporters that were in my friends list are like, no, like, look at the context. He's clearly not talking about, like, injecting it. And I was like, he literally said it. <laughs> like, he literally said that. Well, I mean, he wasn't. Like he's ser, like he's being serious. He's just talking about a different study. You don't understand. Listen to the context. And then it was hilarious because a day later, Trump himself was like, "Nah, I wasn't being serious." You know, it's yeah. like. And then they they were all like, "He." They immediately
2: pivoted. It's like, oh no, he was joking the whole time. It's like you literally yesterday. Like what? <laughs> yeah. What? And I think so. I think that's one one big thing that we need to hit on is that being skeptical is mostly about being able to say I'm wrong. You know, mm-hmm. or, I don't, or I, don't know. I don't know, you know, and like in right. and, and being OK with that, um, a lot of what gets Trump in trouble is that he does not have the ability to say I'm wrong and he definitely doesn't have mm-hmm. the the ability to say I don't know. Um,
1: yeah, there's no shame whatsoever in not knowing um, something. I mean, I guess unless it's like your little job to know it, but right. uh, it, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. is always is always an acceptable answer. And if you find out you're wrong, all you have to do is change your mind. You're not wrong anymore. Correct. Everyone's been wrong. It's okay. Just admit you were wrong and change your mind. It's not a big deal.
2: Um, well, the beautiful thing about finding out you're wrong is it gives you an opportunity to correct yourself. You get to yeah. do the research. And then from that point on, you know something you didn't know before, and you can be confident that you're not wrong anymore.
1: It's like magic. You find out you're wrong. You change your mind and poof, you're not wrong anymore. Yeah. like. it's, it's great, you know? Um, so yeah. And and don't, and part of embracing skepticism, like you said, is being willing to admit you're wrong. It's common as humans to kind of double down on mistakes because we would rather, it's more about winning the argument or appearing right than it is to actually be right. Mm -hmm. But that's not a rational way to approach life. And it's not, um, it's better to acknowledge your mistake and improve from it because over time you'll just make fewer mistakes. Yeah.
2: And I think uh, one thing we kind of touched on this a little bit, but this, this podcast and this topic, particularly we wanted to to do something a little more lighthearted, a little something easier because some of the topics we've covered in the past require some, you know, extensive research uh, that not everybody has the time or wants to devote the time to to looking up, you know, peer review literature and reading articles and all this stuff. You could refute these claims in thirty seconds with a Google search.
1: Like, the, this podcast probably took the least amount of research of any podcast we've done thus far yeah. because it's just. The the
2: only the hard part was picking the 10 things that we wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, that was the hard part was picking 10 out of the several hundred we had available to us. Um, Um, So, yeah, being skeptical isn't something just for um, claims about global warming or evolution or religion or whatever. Being skeptical is something you can apply in every facet of your life to include politics.
2: To include, should I drink this bleach or not? Or should I breathe this bleach or not? I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, empirical evidence is some of the best evidence. So there's only one way we're gonna find out. All
2: right. Well, I'll I'll go try.
1: But hold on! Don't just go do it like we need like a double-blind study.
2: I will get my kids to be the control group. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, don't just go half cocked into this, man.
2: Yeah. We'll go full cock. <laughs> yeah. Go full cock.
1: Hundred percent. So this has been our top 10 of, well, nine plus an extra of false claims made by the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, leader of the free world. If you think we got something wrong, as always, please correct us. I'm super excited. Uh, If any of you have other uh, false claims that you think are better than the ones that we had, definitely put them on Facebook and we can all share a good laugh about them. Um, if you like this podcast uh, rate us positively on whatever platform you use to access us whether that's iTunes or what I don't know what other platforms we're on
2: Stitcher Google podcast um, any, any place you get your podcast we should be on there Yeah. so if you think this is good and you'd like us to keep going
1: rate us positively if you think we're awful do that either way be honest um and if you have a topic for our next podcast, anything you want us to cover, uh, hit us up on Facebook and we'll put in the queue. There's a high chance that we'll go over
2: it if you suggest it. And it's not crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. If it's, oh. I mean, well... Maybe if it is it's crazy. That's kind, of, kind that. of crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, we've done some crazy stuff.
2: Yeah, we can all use a little <laughs> crazy every once in a while.
1: Uh, but anyway, whether it's... Um, talking about flat earth or the leader of the free world, remember you've always got reason to doubt.
2: Did you see these were done like early on, but there was a company that made sandals and they were of Trump tweets. Did you ever see these? So no. what they did, they had, sandals uh kind of like um not thongs but you know like the old adidas sandals with like the big wide band over them yeah and on one side it would have a tweet of trump and on the other side it would have a tweet of trump and they were called flip-flops because it was stuff that <laughs> Trump had said nice. that, yeah so it was like literally nice. flipping flopping on, on it was hilarious